0: Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast where we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and Los Angeles Dodgers center fielder, Jock Peterson. Hey, uh, let me tell you what I'm going to do today. I'm going to play another part of my conversation with Todd Radom. Todd Radom is the wonderful designer and artist. He's created logos for the Nationals, logos for the Angels, and all sorts of sports sites that you've seen. And he's featured quite often on the Baseball Tonight ESPN podcast with Buster Olney. He's been on the show. He's been on this podcast a few times. We don't do a quiz on this particular episode because this is one of the tangents that we went on. We went all over the place in our conversation. I hope you're going to have fun eavesdropping on our talk because it was fun to just chat baseball with them. In this particular episode, I brought up an observation about the Colorado Rockies of all teams, and that led us going on a, well, let's just call it a little bit of a tangent. So here is more of my conversation with the great artist, Todd Radom. At this point, any notes that I had to, for this conversation? You know what? This is going to be like the pool cleaner, the little thing that cleans the pool. <laughs> it's just going to go where it goes. Out the window. Yeah, there it goes. Um, I think this is still true. I, 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 I have no notes in front of me. I think this is still true. I don't think anyone who has ever appeared in a game with the Rockies has made it to the Hall of Fame.
1: That's a great question. That is a great question. I know that you know every year there's a discussion, and certainly with Griffey getting in as a Mariner this year, um, yeah. you know who is what, what caps are not represented. But you're totally right. Who would that? I, I would have to uh, I would have to go on Baseball Reference or do something type of way, which I'm not in the mood to do because I'm enjoying talking to you. But yeah, that's a great call.
0: I mean, the, I think the first person who was a Diamondback to get in was Robbie Alomar, and he was a Diamondback for a slightly yeah, but, longer than this call.
1: About five minutes, and and uh, yeah, and and you know uh, the Marlins, of course, they're they're Andre Dawson played that's for the right, yeah,
0: That's right. That's yeah. right.
1: Also played for the Red Sox. Hard to uh, imagine that in the, in the scheme of things. Not very memorable teams in those those Phil Plantier years back wow. there in the early nineties. But yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a good call. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up, and we can we can follow up on social media and and yeah. uh, see what that's all about.
0: I mean, I I mean when you think about the all-time. Leaders in the history of the Rockies. I mean, I've gone okay. I've gone to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, yeah, and you know they have the top twenty by WAR, which I don't always use as a reference, but at least it gives you a sense of okay, it get, it's a nice cross section of who the top Rockies of all time. And number twenty is Eric Young. Now I'm not going to disparage Eric Young, um, but I think his chances of the Hall of Fame are are low, probably
1: minimal. Probably, had a respectable career. If I'm not mistaken, the first man ever to bat in the history of the franchise. And I'll tell you this right now: I was there. I was I was at the first ever Colorado Rockies game. They played on the road at Shea Stadium, opening day in 1993. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 uh, David Need, as I recall, was uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was the starting pitcher that day.
0: David Need was the number one pick overall in the expansion draft, and he was yes. He was considered the Braves were, at the time, becoming the great Braves and the factory of the great pitchers coming up through there. And he was the first schmuck who (laughs) realized that life was going to be a lot different in Denver than it would have been in Atlanta.
1: Yes, and and just to kind of like pivot for a second, you know, you think about those, talk about a dynasty, and and you you talked about this before. Would you rather be... You know, it's it's the king of comedy, you know, sh- schmuck for uh, a, a king for a night or schmuck for a lifetime or something. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be mediocre and have one World Series win? Would you, you know, I think we would all aspire to be the Braves, have have that World Series win in 95, but be, be competitive and win divisions each and every year. Got to be in it to win it. And uh, those were just considering the, the plight of that franchise right now. It's really pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah. Well, the one who's the, the highest on this list here is Helton.
1: Of course, and he'll and, get in there. I suspect he'll be a first ballot guy, wouldn't you think? I mean, he really... Here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing. I mean, obviously, if you if we were just going by numbers, the answer would be obviously. I think that the the fact that someone like Larry Walker has so much resistance, who also had an amazing career, I, I, I how much are people going to put Coors Field against him? The fact that... Well, it, you know,
1: I, I kind of... When when did they start uh, humidifying the baseballs?
0: I love that that's an actual sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, it,
1: cigars <laughs> should be involved, yeah. you know? Because uh, I, I kind of... My perception of the, the Blake Street bombers from the earliest years and, you know, Larry Walker, right? Uh, Vinny Castilla. At a certain point... Things sort of, you know, if you look at that that park adjusted average stuff, it's probably it's probably it, it, something that that's readily available.
0: Yeah, and and I don't even know where to. I, I'm afraid to use my computer and say humid humidified balls and and. No, and, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and, <of> sudden, <laughs> and then I have a heart attack, and they go my search history, and they go, "What's going on here?" I yeah, know. you'll be getting you'll be getting ads
1: that you probably don't want to see.
0: Right. Yeah. So. Uh if any Rocky fans are out there um let me know. Uh I yeah, I mean you go back to when they went to the playoffs in 95 and I think Kevin Ritz was their number one starter and they had <laughs> I think they 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 hit Brett Saberhagen that poor guy on the team and 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 it just there was it wasn't even baseball. It was just you know, you right. Yeah, up. and
1: when you right, and when you put it in the context of sort of the you know, the the the, the, the maybe the I don't know where you would place it in terms of the uh, PED era, but certainly right in the wheelhouse there. If not, you know, not quite peak yet there, but yeah. you know, inflated, uh, inflated offense and just yeah, I mean, crazy outsized numbers. But I think you know, Helton had this very lengthy, uh, you know, very admirable career. Face of the franchise did get to a World Series, you know, as as you and I both know and. 07 came up short, but uh, you know uh, uh, I, I I would think he's going to be the first Rocky to go in. He's the man.
0: I have to say that one of my favorite. <clears throat> it was interesting that that postseason in in 2007 was bizarre because essentially the Rockies were an OK team who had a spectacular final two weeks. Epic. A- and that the Phillies. Got, had this amazing run against the Mets, and then they got swept. And the Cubs got, you know went on this great run, and they got swept by Arizona, and you, were, you had an NLCS between the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, which I'm sure made Turner thrilled. They were going, oh, let's, <laughs> let me get straight. Yeah. Do, we get, do we get the left coast? No. Do we get the right coast? No. Do we get the Midwest? No. Do we get the Great Lakes? No. Do we get anything resembling tradition? No. You get the mountains and the desert. You get to the two places where the settlers tried to get through.
1: <laughs> yes. No, I mean, that's a, that's a great observation. And, you know, expansion franchises. and yeah. Not exactly a, a rivalry uh, between those two teams either. And but, yeah, it was very, very strange. And, of course, on the American League side, as you and I keep coming back to, it. yeah, that was, was interesting. I think it's Cleveland. I mean, it was uh, – and, and you know, I think any Red Sox fan worth their salt would be would have been a little, um, you know, maybe intellectually thinking that, uh, okay, they are, they've are they been on a roll all year, went wire to wire as it worked out. But uh, the Rockies, again, yeah, they were just on this epic, epic run. And uh, boom, a, a sweep. Who would have imagined that? Yeah. I mean, I think it was maybe a six-game win. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you do see that that a, a team will just go on this epic tear, and then when the wheels come off, they come off in a hurry, and you know, and it's kind of ugly. Uh, it's just a matter of time, and some some teams just play out the uh, play out the uh, the string and just keep that momentum going right till right to the finish line.
0: The, uh, the the thing I remember specifically about Todd Helton in that postseason, I don't know if you remember this, but the the Rockies swept Arizona. In that, and that was a weird Diamondbacks team too. That was yes. that was a weird year for the National League because I think 90 wins was the top. <laughs> like you had home field yeah. advantage, and in on I think it was on Labor Day, on like or the sometime, beginning of September. Let's just say Labor Day. The top two teams in the National League were the Padres and the Mets, and neither of them made the postseason.
1: I mean those who, uh, those those couple of Mets years certainly. Living in New York and yeah, I mean, very, 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 very ugly couple of years there. Just, you know, horrible, ho- horrible last weekend of the season kind of deal.
0: But the, the moment when the, I don't know if you remember this, when the Rockies clinched the pennant in 2007, it was Eric Burns grounded out and he did the thing which always looks like it's smart and everyone who's analyzed baseball for four minutes and 33 seconds realizes this is really stupid. <laughs> And as he tried to dive for first base, yes. um, which slows you down.
1: <laughs> yes, momentum. Uh, Einstein was right, you know.
0: And he and uh, Helton caught the ball, and the the image of him just this elation of oh, that was his what that was his like thirteenth or fourteenth year in Colorado, untradeable contract.
1: He's yeah. now
0: like, it was all worth it. I'm going to the World Series with this team, not traded to the Yankees or something. And I've always remembered that expression as being one of the most, that was one of the greatest moments of pure joy I've ever seen in baseball, that I'm going to the World Series as a Rocky.
1: That's and, a great call. That's a totally great call. And, and I think, you know, it, it sort of is a shame, in a certain sense, to see a guy like Larry Walker, who had great seasons with the Cardinals, you know, playing in that 04 World Series. Kind of like, you know, he should have been there as a, an Expo or a Rocky. He's not a guy who played for one franchise in his entire career, of course. But I'm kind of like, right. you know, yeah, I mean, every once in a while you'll see a guy in a strange uniform, and of course uniforms, you know, what I'm all about, the optics of this. Show up in a in a in a weird you know Willie Mays in the World Series playing for the Mets you know whatever the circumstances just seemed wrong and so yeah you're you're totally right to have seen him uh, in that uniform in that in that circumstance yeah pure joy and joy for those fans too good for them
0: I got to send you I wrote a blog post I think you'd like this if I sent this to you already forgive me I wrote a blog post back in 2010 before I was even doing the podcast. Of the 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 what I call the all he played in the postseason with what team roster? <laughs> and I'm not talking about like guys like Reggie, who you knew played for several teams, or Robbie Alomar or Pete Rose, who famously changed teams. But like I, you forgot they even played for that team, like Mike Piazza playing in the '06 playoffs for the Padres. Yeah. Or Billy
1: Williams didn't Billy Williams play for with the, the A's? He's A's? on. He's on here. Yeah. He's seventy three, you
0: know. No, 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 seventy five. He missed the World Series years by one year.
1: Oh, yeah, and, and you know, he's a Cub. He is a Cub. Billy Williams is a Cub. I mean, you know, his number is retired by the Cubs. Just yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting thing. I you have not, you should totally send that my way. I would the, be, I would be fascinated.
0: The uh, um, like Dwight Gooden with the Indians, or Diz, yes. Dizzy Dean with the Cubs. Or Fernando Valenzuela with the Padres, you know.
1: Hey, I I remember being in a game, not postseason, but it's it's relevant to the conversation. Uh, Opening day in Cleveland in 1987, and it is just bitterly cold in, you know, the old municipal stadium. I was
0: there. I went to
1: a game there, yeah. I've, I've, I've told this story to my, my children who always get a kick out of this. And I just remember, you know, it's incredibly cold. The parking lot is a sea of, like, frozen mud. And it's this primal baseball experience. But we're there, and we drove to Cleveland from New Jersey. We used to do this kind of thing. But anyway, get to the game, and there's Steve Carlton on the mound for the Cleveland Indians. He pitched for the Giants, the White Sox, and the Indians if I'm not mistaken, and, and it, maybe the, uh, you know in, he got cut loose by the Phillies in 86, just bounced around these weird teams. There he is. It was so strange. But the, uh, but the part that, that uh, my kids get a kick out of is the fact that uh, order a hot dog, it is wrapped in foil, it is incredibly cold, it's this Spartan experience. I bite into the hot dog, and it has bones in it. Ah! <laughs> just sums the whole thing up.
0: Ladies, Absolutely
1: sums the whole thing
0: up. Ladies and gentlemen, Cleveland. Uh, yeah,
1: and <laughs> but it was a, yeah, I'm I'm happy I was there and actually I do I have four seats from that stadium here in in my hallway. Wow. So form plus function.
0: Wow. I I was there. This is I have no idea if I'm going to keep this in. But um I was there and my dad and I used to go on baseball trips where we'd try to see this is pre internet. This is pre- Yeah,
1: I did that with my college buddies. Yeah, we were like, yeah, exactly. How do you do it? Well, you know, you don't know what the weather's going to be. Right. Yeah, you couldn't you'd, get tickets in advance.
0: You get the Bill Mazeroski baseball guide with all the schedules in it and you try to figure out, okay, if we're in Cleveland, is Cincinnati playing that same weekend? And so you had all the different schedules out and try to make the arrangements and and I saw so I went to Cleveland that was the final year 93. Yeah. They were building the Jake and you saw the remnants, you saw the beginning of what was going to be a good Cleveland team. And they just brought up this kid and that they were talking about. Oh, he's, he's the next big slugger, he's the next big slugger. And he had an opposite field homer in the mistake by the lake. And my dad and I made a note and said, Jim told me this guy's going to uh, be good.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. I'll tell you, I was, uh, in 1995, when they finally got to the world series and of course that was that year was uh truncated because the season started late and if you remember that 95 indians team which beat the red Sox in the first you know division series they went 144 i believe 144 losses and uh, i saw every out of that 95 world series i was working for major league baseball Mm. putting together a scorecard supplement and (laughs) traveled back and forth and i just you know, you say Jim Tomey, and I, I think of him, and of course there's a statue of him that looks exactly like what I'm thinking of right now with those socks pulled up, holding that bat straight out, and, uh, you know, a great player, and, and there's a Hall of Famer for you.
0: Hold on, i got to look something up now, because cause, uh, I don't think Jim Tomey is on, on that uh, uh, post, because it was written before this, but hold on, I, I have to double check to see if this is real or not. Okay, it's real. Jim Tomey played in the postseason with the Indians, of course. He played, played the bulk of his career with the Indians. He also played in the postseason with the White Sox.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He played in the postseason with the Dodgers.
1: That's right.
0: He played in the postseason with the Minnesota Twins. And wow. he finished his career in the division series playing as a member of the Orioles.
1: I totally forget that last part. That's incredible. And and uh, what does that say? There's a guy who uh, turns uh, his magic touch turns turns everything to gold wherever he went. Yeah, unbelievable. I, guy,
0: I, I I'd forgotten he was an Oriole until I looked this up because I had to look up. Did I imagine he was in the playoffs with the Dodgers or was I was that was that a weird dream I had?
1: Yeah, no, the Dodgers part I I do remember, and uh, you know, and and uh, but but the Orioles part. Phew, Boy, you know, it's like uh, I keep forgetting things the older I get, and that, that was probably one of those things that I've, you know, on, on, on a, a long list.
0: <laughs> I'll, send you that, I'll send you that October piece, but here's, a, as my mom would say, here's a stillskin for you. Uh, the, he played, he, he led the league in home runs once, one time, and he did so with what team? You yeah. go, you nail it. You're Todd Radom. I keep forgetting.
1: Yeah, no, and, and, you know, talk about our Philly friends. And I, I do remember my good friend Jim, you know, when they made that signing, you know, his kids were small at the time. And they had Tomei shirts. And I remember going to – he had he had season tickets at that time at Citizens Bank Park going out there. And, yeah, yeah. that was considered to be a, a commitment to sign that guy to that contract, yeah. Uh, you know, given the state of that franchise at the time. And, of course, he had to go and make way for Ryan Howard when Ryan Howard, you know, eventually fulfilled the promise.
0: Thank you, Todd Radom. Thank you for joining us on this meandering but hopefully fun conversation that we had. Go to MLBReports.com to see the up-to-date listings of Who Owns Baseball. Go visit Todd on Twitter, at Todd Radom, R-A-D-O-M. Uh, you can go to SullyBaseball.wordpress.com. Follow me on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Stitcher. I'm everywhere. You can be old school. Send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast and part two of my conversation with Todd Radom. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.